I'm just a little person, one person in a sea of many little people who are not aware of me. I do my little job and live my little life, eat my little meals, miss my little kid and wife. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 65 of Middle of the Row, the podcast. This week, is our final flashback episode. Uh, We'll be flashing back to 2008 again to review Charlie Kaufman's directorial debut, Synecdoche, New York. This is a movie I have... Well, the first time I saw it, I was... I, I liked it, but I also had super high anticipation going in for it as I was a ginormous fan of being John Malkovich and Adaptation, which were his collaborations with Spike Jones, and then Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was one of my... It remains one of my top three favorite movies of all time. Uh, when I watched that, the first... When I got that on home video, I literally watched it back-to-back. I just started the movie over again. Um... I think that's the only time I've ever done that in my life. Uh, but um, that collaboration was with Michelle Gondry. And um, now, well now, and a couple years after that is when he made his own foray into Synecdoche, New York. And um, yeah, the movie is one of the most ambitious things I've ever seen. And uh, uh, each time I watch it, I continue to love it and love it more and more um i was trying to look up in my back of my background here where i currently rank it i have it in my top 25 movies of all time for me and i'm very open and can't wait to um hear if you guys agree or disagree with that so this is everybody's first time seeing it correct yep yep okay who wants to start i think as someone who is probably going to be the person who maybe responded to it the most out of the other two um what he's saying is he thinks we're stupid (laughs) no i don't i don't think that but But... the most most prevalent thought i had when going through this movie was is zach just really just trying to troll ben with like a with like another mother um yeah like i like i i don't know um I should doesn't sound say, like you're defending me here. No, I'm not defending you at all. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think there's some trolliness involved in this choice uh, this week. Um, yeah, he got me with Babe Pig in the City, and well, probably no Ben likes this one, so who knows? You got all, you got all of us with Speed Racer, right? Yeah, for the most part. Um, I think uh, I'm laughing because it's, it's funny, not laughing because I was trolling anybody. Yeah, a uh, fake news, but anyways, um, <laughs> I think uh, I it's hard because I I come into this movie with no knowledge of being John Malkovich or adaptation. I have seen Internal Spot, Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, but that one kind of lets you know it's going to be very surreal and postmodern. 
So when this one kind of collapses into weird imagery and pure kind of emotion and dreamlike sequences and confusing sequences, it it's unsettling just because you hope for some resolution until it gets to a point where everything just seems so bonkers where you're like, okay, well, I probably won't get any resolution. Maybe I should just try to find the point to this film. And I'm not sure if I got there. All that being said, I appreciated, like you said, Zach, a film <laughs> as ambitious to do everything that it did. Um, I just... I. The movie that I compare it to is American Psycho. Have you all seen American Psycho? No. Yes. Mm-hmm. But maybe okay, we can... So, Lauren hasn't yeah, seen it, so like, just be yeah, careful. I'm gonna talk. <laughs> yeah, I'll be... I'll talk. You hate spoilers, There's, too. That's what I'm saying. Be careful. But you said Lauren He's seen it, though. Seen no, he... Oh, I thought you said no, you had not seen it. He doesn't want you to get spoiled. I thought spoiled. you said he hadn't seen it. No. My bad. Oh, no, no, I think... No, no. Yeah. He saw it. He, he gave it up. Mm-hmm. Which is really the most appropriate response you can give to that movie. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there's a point where the movie, again, kind of like this one, starts to go off the rails. And you're like, you feel disoriented and dizzy. Honestly, kind of betrayed based on like everything that happened beforehand. But then the shoe falls... The curtain gets torn back and you see the message, the overall message of the film and what it was going for. And you're like, okay, I think that makes sense. I think I can appreciate that. And I'm not and sure if I really... don't have that here. Yeah. I, I didn't feel it as strongly. I think I there was kind of a message, I feel like, in terms of maybe this commentary on existentialism and everyone really constructing their own lives. And there's a, there's a bunch of lines in the film where it talks about how... Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is Caden Cotard only focused on him the entire time in his life and I think that's pretty powerful but the message the message and the aesthetics although they should be so connected they they're just they seem so separate because the aesthetics are so bonkers and so crazy okay I want you to pause for a second because there's just some things I want to say I, I agree with you. The first time we watched it, I really didn't have a grasp of what the hell was going on with this movie. I think it's, it's I mean, it's borderline. I think if someone has said they, they oh, yeah, I got Synecdoche, New York the first time I saw it, they're lying. Like, it's a borderline impenetrable movie the first time you see it, I think. I And, and still, to this day, every time I watch this movie, I usually re-watch the last ten minutes or so at the point where he starts taking direction from... Diane the East. woman playing him and the last 10 minutes of this movie is still quite an enigma to me and exactly what it's going for and um i i mean i appreciate that though like that i'm still thinking about this movie all the time I and to i totally get where you're coming from again. where what'd <laughs> you said, say I hope to you never, never want to watch this movie, movie again <laughs> I think about this movie all the time. But what's interesting, though, is the thing that I think about a lot with this movie, I, I watching it for this, um, like, I always think about the layers of the play and how they build a, you know, the set, or there's, 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 the, they build a city within a city within a city. I believe they've started on the third one. 
by the time all hell's broken loose. But, Zach, just, uh, a, just a quick question. How many times have you watched this? I've probably seen it close to ten or times oh or so. Oh my god, probably, why? I, say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I try to watch it at least once a year. And I would say I'm probably on average for that since it came out in this being its ten year anniversary. Anniversary. Yeah. But, yeah, I want to hear what um, Ben and Lauren have to say. Lauren, why don't you go? You're, you're, you seem to be leaking some thoughts out just, there into the world. Just, <laughs> like, if I could just groan through the entirety of this podcast, <laughs> I would. Like, I don't know. I, I appreciate the set design and the mm-hmm. environment that the world builds. As, as someone who has that background, too. Yeah, right? like, like, it was definitely interesting in that sense. It's one of the things that I really liked about Anna Karenina, how they built in, like, the play mm, aspect. Yeah. But, like, honestly, this movie, like, I was trying to grasp what it was about, and all I could come to was that the movie's about some guy who's made to suffer due to outside forces and until he dies. And also women I, suck. Um, well, no, no, I see. I think you're, you're pretty close there, where I'm... Like, He's not made to suffer because of outside forces. Well, he's he doesn't made to blame anything on himself. He's awful. He's awful. Yeah, but he doesn't see it that way. Everything yeah. is happening to him. Yeah. And then we have to watch him just fall apart. Be self-absorbed and just watch his life and not actually live it. It's like it's just like ugh. if you, I was looking at Letterbox to see you have to scroll for like a mile before you find someone who gives it like a two or something because everyone gives it like five <laughs> stars and they wax poetic about how brilliant this movie is and it's just like shut up people I don't want to meet any of you <laughs> like, I'm glad I met you before you watch this movie yeah you it's like, I don't know been... maybe you can explain it but just reading what people have to say about it it's like it's just so in the stupid. Avengers universe Lauren goes back in time and, makes and this destroys movie this movie. That yes. way, middle of the road, the podcast never yes. exists. Can, uh, she pulls an Ant Man. Can Kaufman be snapped? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna like, say. I was watching. Bounce. I was watching something on YouTube last night. A friend, because I was telling a friend how much I hated this movie. And she's like, I've never watched it, but I've heard a lot of people talk about it. And she sent me this video where part of it was a clip of Kaufman talking about the movie, and some they basically asked him, "It's like, well, what's your movie about?" He's like, I, I don't want to tell you that. It's whatever you want to interpret it as. A, it's like, shut up. You don't even know what your own movie's about. <laughs> That's why you have no answer. <laughs> I think it's interesting that, I mean, a lot of his movies have, like, sad, sack male leads in them. And, in fact, all of his movies do. I don't know why I'm saying, like, most. I mean, you go, I mean, well, hell, Adaptation. No one's seen Adaptation here. I think I have. It's the one with Nick Cage and Meryl yeah, Streep. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Sh- no, I, I feel like I always get that one confused with something else. So let me, I'll look it up. But keep uh, well, going. But he, but, in that but movie, you've seen being Charlie John Kaufman. I have not. Yeah, Lauren's seen being Wait, John Malkovich. Oh, okay, gotcha. Lauren, how would you compare it to being um, John I Malkovich? forgot it. So hopefully I can compare it very similarly in like a few days. <laughs> I think they're both very... Um, they, they, they're in the same realm of things. I mean, Being John Malkovich is one of the weirdest fucking movies you'll ever see. But it's great. But Adaptation, I was on a thought process. Adaptation, he literally writes himself into the movie. Because the premise of that movie is he is he's given the screenwriting job of adapting this New Yorker article. And he can't figure out how to do it. And then he ends up 
writing about how he can't figure out how to write about this. Obviously, this makes sense that after watching Synecdoche, this is something he would do. But he himself, he writes himself as this sad sack, confused dude who is smart, but doesn't know what the fuck to do with it. And I think this movie is like the saddest version of any of his characters that he's made. But he also is pretty good at punishing himself. If he's looking at, um, if he if he's if he's using all of his movies, which I think he is, to dive into his own psyche. The other being, well, we're not mentioning. I haven't mentioned Human Nature, which I've only seen once. But um, Anomalisa, he did a couple years ago, was a stop motion animated movie. Um, he he's very critical of himself, even if I think he knows how unbearable it kind of is to watch someone like him. And if you get on that wavelength, I think his movies are a little bit easier to watch. But I don't know. You guys need to see some more of his movies, I guess. But would before yeah, we pass. get into yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. <laughs> before Ben shares his thoughts, would is this making you want to? Would you ever watch another one of his movies if presented to you, um, or no? I still, I still will watch Eternal Sunshine. I don't know why I haven't. I just never got to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I will watch that one just because so many people love it. But other than that, I'm not like running out to see his things. It's like, well, apparently a lot of people love this one too. Lauren. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, so like but the best way to explain this game way more accessible. Yes. the best way to explain this movie is just he went out, asked like anyone he met what was the last dream they had, and then made that a movie. <laughs> it's just so nonsensical and stupid and frustrating. And the only thing I understood about this movie was that why the little girl's poop was green. <laughs> what a great child actor by the way yeah and oh, they got Olive. rid of her like she yeah. was the best part well his wife left them and stole her and kidnapped yeah. her to another when, country and then they made us like she started they crying made us look at child porn thanks for her. that movie oh. Oh, God. <laughs> i will say i think across the board not just the child actor who played olive but all the actors and actresses were really phenomenal and if anything i think uh um Michelle Williams was highly underutilized. It's it seems like she was just showing up whenever. They well, you know, find she was female. the nicest woman in it, so we couldn't focus on her. <laughs> was she the nicest person in it? <laughs> Pretty nicest woman, yeah. I mean, how was every other oh, okay. female character constantly talked over him? Yeah, well, as they should. Yeah, again, they might. That might be a good thing. I don't like think that's a, a bad thing. <laughs> um, Ben. I mean, Kathleen Keener was kind of a jerk too, but yeah, but he's also such you 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 sympathize with Kathleen Keener having to put up with this dude, but yeah, um, he's very self-absorbed. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, those what she did was not right by any means either. No, by kidnapping their child and starting a new family in Germany. Um, you know, she probably like actually served him divorce papers. He just never noticed. Yeah, it's probably great. Um, ben. Share us some general thoughts, and we can dive into the movie a little bit more. I mean, do we have to? But yep, you have <laughs> you're, to. You're all expecting me to be like it's worse than Mother, but oh no, Mother was definitely worse. Probably <laughs> that's saying something. <laughs> oh, I disagree. <laughs> well, you liked Mom. I think Mother was better than this. I thought it was fine. It's weird because like I can understand what it was going for for the most part. Like John said, I don't understand all of it. Most of the acting is terrific. Uh, I do like the kind of art imitates life, imitates art, and then just that circle keeps going. 
I appreciated Hoffman's performance, especially. He, I mean, he's just such a great actor. Yeah. Uh, but it just, I, again, it's like, while I can appreciate what it was going for, what it was trying to do, I didn't love it. I thought it was, like, fine, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, if someone's like, oh, should I see this? If you're a fan of kind of like artsy and really cerebral stuff, sure, go ahead. But if you're, if you want something straightforward, fuck no. Like steer, steer clear. This is of this about movie. as least straightforward as a movie can get. Um, yeah. Without uh, being I, just I, turning into absolute. But I, mush. Uh, but like I said, but as I could follow it a lot easier than I could follow Mother or other movies mm. of this ilk. Like, um, actually, I think it's weird. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm not a very artsy kind of guy like my i don't like a lot of movies like this um i think one where i what i think that draws that draws that line for me perfectly although the movie itself isn't perfect where but it walks between like artsy and kind of more of a traditional film was uh this year's suspiria i think that did a better job for me at least yeah it's like i i i can see i can easily see why you you would love this movie Zach, like I totally get it. It just didn't, it didn't click. Because you're me. a pretentious douche. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm actually sitting with like my uh, my scarf and my Starbucks latte. <laughs> got my hipster glasses on, all that shit. Um, pretentious. How curly so is your mustache? <laughs> oh my god, it's so curly. Even the curls have curls. It's ridiculous. John, you were saying I don't want to get into a mother discussion, but you said you liked mother more than this. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's weird because I think I agree with um, Ben in terms of it's kind of easier to follow this film or follow the plot line because it the actors do such a great job at making you invested in them right from the beginning. Because it makes and a also because semblance and also because I see three versions of each scene, so you know. It, really hit it home yeah in case you didn't in case you didn't get it the first time (laughs) yeah but whereas i i liked mother more because i think there was more to unpack and i think that was easier an easier task than it was in this Mm -hmm. film and so easier than embracing that goddamn sink (laughs) and i think also uh Hey, side note, in both <laughs> movies, sinks break, and it leads to calamity. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, one, Philip Seymour Hoffman gets a, a scar. The other one is, like, symbolic of the flood, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's the thing, though. With Mother, I kind of had some obvious connections to the source material, yeah. and so the it was easier of- mother is more up your alley than maybe the existential Jungian psychology yeah and humanity (laughs) although again i i felt like i could get hints of that this idea that this guy's life or this guy's art is becoming his life and vice versa and really he's constructing his life basically as a performance or a testament to himself without taking care of the people around him and i i I think I resonated with that message, but again, it was it was just very kooky, so it was hard to really respond or res or relate to that message. I think. Do you guys find this movie humorous? No, because I was just so disinterested. <laughs> like, 
I mean, there's just so many stupid things. Like, at one point, she's like, I had twins. And then she gives us three names. It's like, screw you <laughs> and your stupid, nonsensical <laughs> stupidness. <laughs> um, great joke, by the way. I think this movie's hilarious. I laugh throughout it. I find funnier and funnier Why things every time. Why is the house burning? <laughs> <laughs> I think that actually goes speaks to how it's Samantha Morton, not Emily Watson, which is brilliant oh, casting, no, by the way. Oh, yeah. Because people confuse them all the time, and then they each end up playing Hazel. So Samantha Morton plays Hazel, which is the box office lady. And I think that just speaks to the house being on fire. Wait, is how Hazel's the box office lady, or the lady who plays the, the box office the lady? The box office lady. She is the box office lady, who becomes his assistant. Emily Watson plays the woman <laughs> playing Hazel later on in the movie. God, yeah, this, this no, shit is Loki, still so confusing. Did, did anyone think this was really Charlie Coffin's like, hey, I wonder if I could just cast a bunch of actors and actresses who look like each other and find some way to justify I think that it. really was a joke, intentional he joke on his... He couldn't find anyone from Philip Seymour Hoffman. And he's like, yeah, Diane Weasel, dude. <laughs> I, was, I was like, how is Diane... Like, how is it that Diane Weasel is actually Michelle Williams except, like, 20 years later? Like, that's bizarre. <laughs> Wait, is that what happened? I was no. not paying attention. That's if it not happens. what happened. Okay. <laughs> no, she, he, he hired her very late into the movie. Di- Diane Weist. Um, I want to talk about the house burning. I think the house burning is supposed to be showing how Hazel is... She's willing to take her a life risk. by getting a part, being a part of this guy's life. <laughs> that, that could be a part... That's a definite layer you could throw in there. But I think it's... Just her being able, she's willing to take risks in her life in a way that that Caden it never does take a risk ever. Hazel is about one of the most thirsty individuals I've ever seen in a movie, though. <laughs> like she <laughs> wants him so bad, it is yeah. out of control. Actually, though, they make her so likable towards. Oh the end. no! I, well, like, I like I, her the whole time. I love her evolution. Yeah, over, and I was never yeah. against her. It was like I was. I mean, <laughs> she had that. She had that. <laughs> She had that forbidden attraction to to uh, uh, Hoffman in the beginning. Yeah, but I, it was. I will say, I, go ahead, Ben. Sorry, I was uh, just like it, it didn't. It didn't like complete me, completely turn me off to her. But I was also kind of like, eh. but then as it went on, and you saw how long she like fought against this thing that she knew kind of wasn't right and wasn't healthy. You know, as it went along, I kind of got more and more respect for her in a sense one of my favorite shots yeah. of all time in a movie and it is in this is with her and it literally lasts like half a second is almost. it her in the car crying or whatever yes it was it's beautiful she's amazing but it's like so fast like it's it oh it, yeah it, judd apatow could it, learn a thing or two from this editing <laughs> every time i see that clip i i forget about it and i'm like oh my god that's such a beautiful shot and acting moment um by samantha morton in that one moment and to jump to the editing we can talk about that the first hour of this movie the parts i always remember about this movie is basically sammy oh sammy's the everything best, happening know? with oh the gosh. multiple layers of the play but that's an hour into that's halfway through the movie before that all starts really happening but the first hour is just i think so beautifully constructed and fast-paced 
and so much information <laughs> is downloaded in such minute scenes sometimes. See, you say it's all fast paced, and I was like, I looked at the I looked at the runtime on it, and I was like, dear God, I'm only halfway through this movie. <laughs> and now this guy who's been hiding in the sh- so did anybody notice Sammy beforehand? Well, yeah, it was impossible not to. Well, I don't so. know. I don't. I don't think I noticed him the first time I watched the movie, but I may. I mean. I, I might be an outlier there, but uh, can I go back real yeah. quick to uh, to the burning house and sure. uh, and the man living in her basement? <laughs> well, she married. She him. does in <laughs> in terms of Zach saying this film's like hilarious. She does ha- the deadpan aspect. Oh my of god, this film. I'm a little worried about the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, I do, but I'm really concerned about dying in the fire. Like I was like, wait, what? Um. So there are moments where he hits the deadpan really well. And then when she dies, what'd she die of? Smoke inhalation. <laughs> oh, I think that was, I thought that was tragic. Well, it's it's tragic, but it's hilarious special. at the same time. It's like it finally got her. She died at a very old age for something that should have killed her decades ago. <laughs> it's not that tragic. <laughs> but um, Ben, I don't. Lauren wasn't laughing. Sounds like John got some humor out of it. Ben, did you find the movie funny at all? Would you would you call this a comedy in any way, shape, or form? Oh God, no! I found Hazel funny, and they got rid of her. Or not Hazel, um, the little girl. What was her name? Oh yeah, Olive. Olive, yeah. Olive, man, that death scene with her is fucked up and so. Dry. Yeah, and gross, man. That's pedophilia. Oh, with uh, Holly. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. I that was part of the movie. I just thought was like disgusting. I didn't need any of that. If if his wife and daughter had left, and that would be and that was the last we saw of them, I would have been totally fine with that. Yeah the 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 what's her name um, Jennifer Jason Lee Jennifer Jason Lee's arc and what happens with Olive is so cruel and so upsetting. It and it really doesn't have a purpose other than to, to destroy him. Uh, I think that's the meanest part of the movie for sure with how she's poisoned Olive's mind and how they clearly have this great relationship, her and Caden. And yeah, I also, I do, and I do kind of love the trope though, that he's finding out more information about her life by reading a diary that got left behind. Um, that is a very interesting choice. And a diary that keeps getting uh, updates. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. The score by John Bryan is amazing in this movie. As are a couple of the uh, original song. There's a song that plays in the bar early on. Yeah, I remember there. I remember noticing the music early on in the movie because mm-hmm. it was very weird. In like, it stood out in ways that I actually really enjoyed it. But like, I stopped noticing it as the movie went on, which is weird because you'd think that it would have become more and more outlandish. I think I feel like it drops out a little bit once Sammy. I guess there's some bits when Sammy's around, but just the kind of the frolicky nature to it. I uh, I think it really it comes back the last times where I can remember really thinking about it. Well, there's the there's the big speech at the end that has the music laid over by the priest where Diane Weiss restages. Is it Hazel's funeral, right? And, I think so. Um, yeah. Let's go with that. Speaking of funerals. <laughs> The joke that there's nothing left of his father, so they buried him in the tiny casket. Just another brilliant comedic Now, see, bit. that was a bummer moment. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, little kid I didn't, casket. I didn't think that was funny. I thought that was like, yeah, I thought that was dark. Oh, it's, it's like they dark, should have but... just put him in like a shoebox. <laughs> uh, 
another okay i guess this is exposing a lot of my uh dark humor but when um when hazel's the actress who plays hazel tammy and Caden go to his mom's funeral and he's like you can sleep in my parents room and then the blood <laughs> is still covering like the crime it looks like the crime scene just happened still and he's like oh i thought someone would have cleaned this up another thing i laugh very hard at every time i watch this movie but- how has it taken us 65 episodes to realize that zach is a sociopath <laughs> I mean, I noticed that, like, day one. So. <laughs> um, what was I just talking about? You, you mean back when we tried to watch Atomic Blonde and review Atomic Blonde? No, I'm talking about, like, did it a watch Atomic Blonde. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Zach, Zach you, we were talking about how you uh, you thought a guy's death in a bloody room were just hysterical. So yeah. Uh, I also think when Caden yells at Sammy after he commits suicide is hilarious as well. Um, I... I don't oh, know. Oh, dude, that was so sad. <laughs> I mean, it's sad. I feel the sadness, too. But but you're laughing. But... That's, that's fucking different. <laughs> I just want to reiterate that the only noise I was making at this point in the movie was just solid groans. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Sammy I'm... a little bit more. Unless, John, did you have something you want to say? Sorry. I'm not completely sure that this podcast is not, like, a very, very long-winded attempt for you to actually just somehow kill all of us. <laughs> Well, Ben's got the most know, to worry about. I don't know, but it's going to happen eventually. No. Internet, if you heard it here first. anyone, it's going to be me killing all of you guys. <laughs> John first. <laughs> well, I mean, he is closest. So. Yeah, but I think that you, if he lived across the country, you'd find ways to kill him first. So. <laughs> real. Two real guys. Yeah. Notice um, how I didn't deny it, John. No. <laughs> uh Sammy, the character is, like I said, one of the things I think about most with this movie, and I, I just love it. Gives it gives his appearance gives Caden a chance to kind of start really looking at himself, but I also think it gives Hoffman another angle in his performance. How he, a lot of, a lot of good humor comes out of that when he's just correcting everything Sammy says, as. He goes, he doesn't need to fire him or, you know, just all those little bits as they go around. But I also find their relationship quite touching at times when when Sammy's kind of informing him what he actually thinks and is like nailing it because he's watched him for 20 years. Like his audition tape where he's like, we should want to fuck until we morph into Crimea of absolute or something like that. The, the writing there it was chimera what? where like you were attached by like your penis and boobs or something yeah <laughs> they're they're not morphing into a recently annexed peninsula of oh, ukraine sorry. what was it chimera chimera Chi- sorry I'm chimera sorry. um but i know what that is because of gauntlet <laughs> i know what it is because of full metal alchemist <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a that's a sad chimera. and also Greek mythology. So, <laughs> Mission Impossible Two. God damn it, John! Oh, this is why you're dying first. <laughs> <laughs> but Tom Noonan, I never really knew him before that movie and anything in particular. And but oh, he's great. He's sneakily, one of the he might be the best performance in the movie. But like, I don't know. Rewatch. Keener is so effective in just, like, three scenes that you just get everything about her. Like, she loves this guy, but is just so done with him at the same time. And then, like, like there's the wickedness to her, though, too, when 
Caden calls her the first time and she's like laughing and is like, I'm famous and just hangs up on him. But as you said, like the, the Michelle Williams, who my favorite Michelle Williams bit is when he's talking about, they tattooed her and she's like, everybody's got one. And she that was so stupid. <laughs> It's a great that also, joke. It's just like what the I've fuck never is noticed. Going on I, well, I've moment. never noticed that before. That, that was the most outlandish moment of the movie. <laughs> uh, also, Hope Davis is like the um, fuck. What's her name? Who's the girl from Halloween and Ant Man? Um, uh, 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 um, who we all love, and we're I'm forgetting her name. Uh, Judy Greer. Judy Greer. Hope Davis oh. is like the Judy Greer of the aughts. Uh, I love her every time she pops up in something. Yeah, I think her scenes were probably my favorite. Also, the 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 doctor. All the doctors in the beginning are great little like that guy's appearances. Like you recognize all of them, all of them, but you're not really Wait, sure did, from he what didn't, he didn't marry the box office lady, did he? No, he did it. The oh no, I guess no, they not, don't no. get married. They just sleep they, together. They slept and together and then she dies. <laughs> like. I was going to say, how do you get three people to marry? How do you get one person to marry him? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the first one, he probably wasn't a shitbag before they married. The second one was so devoted. I don't know. I get the vibe he was this full of himself and pretentious. Yeah. Whole life. (laughs) If he is till the day he dies. And then you have to wonder if, like, if these people are actually like that or if that's just how he perceives them to be. Like, That's true. Is he, it's very is he much a reliable narrator? Yeah, I sure hope so. Otherwise, this movie makes even whole even makes even it less sense. It doesn't make sense, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I know this is all the first time you've seen this movie, but it was something I was thinking about a lot on this rewatch was what do you? How do you interpret what's happening in Adele's apartment? In that, is it all staged for some reason? Because the only reason he knows about it, I believe, is because Sammy Sammy tells him, one of the first things he tells him is that here's where Adele is. But then they're like, they, there's recordings of her. And, I don't know. And the fact that he never encounters her. And the actual her, Ellen never shows up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, but, 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 there's some, but Ellen seems to have a history at some point. Um. That she was a real per I don't know. It's very interesting. I just didn't know if anybody had any thoughts at that point. I know it's later in the movie. What might have actually, if anything more was going on? Or did was that something you're not even worried about? It was just Kaufman's way of further reiterating that she had lung cancer. So he could be really smart and play that up. That's something he put in the beginning of the movie when she was coughing. Or blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like- <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking. Aliens. Okay, you're done. I wish this movie had aliens. <laughs> I wouldn't be if the movie did have aliens. There were probably aliens in it. We just didn't notice. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I think that would have been totally acceptable. <laughs> ben, any thoughts to my question or no? It's okay if you don't. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Like yeah. he shows up, the shower's already going, the coffee's yeah. hot. It's like, I Someone's don't know. been fucked into the mattress. I just there's like really a lot going on there that was the thing that made me laugh when she said she made up like the spare room he goes in it's just like a room full of trash like a closet (laughs) so john you've just seen eternal sunshine in this now there's only the coffin movies you've seen those are the only coffin ones i've seen yeah well you should watch adaptation and being john malkovich and start your spike jones direct filmography work. I think I went, wasn't Spike Jones supposed to direct this originally? Spike Jones. Well, I've seen I've seen her. So I could have to Lauren's question. I could 
imagine, yes, at one point he was probably potentially going to direct that. this. Yeah. Wait, who was going to potentially Spike direct? Spike Jones. But instead he did Where the Wild Things uh, Are. Yeah. Ben, ben walked out of that movie too. One of the only two movies I've ever walked out of in my entire life. Oh man, life. now I really want to more... see it. I sat through Spider-Man 3 and I didn't walk out of that shit. I walked out of that half got... Oh, okay. To be you fair, walked out because you were sad, right? You just yeah, couldn't handle the sadness. To be fair, oh, okay, I that's different. a family-friendly, fun movie. I did not want to, like, cry watching this fucking movie, alright? God. I was ready for it, maybe. The other one was Halloween 2. I suggest you all go watch all Spike Jones movies as well, too. Um, just to the listener, reader, whatever they're called out there. Listeners, bro. Which are... I mean, you don't really need to give them a name because there aren't any. Self-burn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. There's probably some internet bot that listens to everything out there. Maybe we'll be a big hit in the AI world once Skynet they take over. over. Yeah. <laughs> so once they can listen to everything at once. Skynet, join us on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, people will go back and listen to this when John shows up dead. Oh, yeah. Because they can use it, Which John, in my case, against John, me. <laughs> this John or John Connor? Which uh, you gonna be? No? Terminator reference? How do you know I'm not both? <laughs> Just kidding, I'm brown. <laughs> Which is not what her poop color was. <laughs> to bring why, was her poop, why was her poop green? Um, poop being green has too numerous, much fat. Too much has fat, numerous right? reasoning. It could be you eat too many greens, too many green food uh-huh. colors, or like a problem with say, oh, I don't know, maybe someone who is like me, who may or may not have experienced this phenomenon every once in a while. <laughs> if your food goes through your body too quickly, it the oh. bile does not get broken down, and therefore oh. your poop is green. The more you know, guys. Yeah, try having why is poop green in your search history on Google. That will haunt me forever. No. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for Synecdoche, New York. And that will do it for our flashbacks for 2008 and 1998. Woo. Join us next year for 1999 and 2009. I wonder if... Oh, wait. Quick straw poll. Who had the worst picks, in your opinion, for flashbacks this year? Do you even have to ask that question? Lawrence and oh. Zach were, sucked the most. Ben? Although, wait, John had some bad ones, too. But, but Lauren, I had... What are you talking about? All mine had naked dudes in it. You I should had, like this. I had the water boy. So remember, I do have a top contender. Okay, but Babe Pig <laughs> in the City was the worst. Oh, shit. Wait, really? Yes. That was, there was, okay. was full-on no, animal abuse in that Dude, no, no, dude the dog got waterboarded. It's pretty hate, bad. I know you hated it. I didn't know you I, It's what, probably water, my most shit. loathed movie of all time. Lauren stopped watching it. She didn't finish Aww, the movie. Yeah, me. I've stopped watching maybe two movies in my life. <laughs> we then had to explain to her in the podcast how no, the handicapped yeah. dog... <laughs> No, no, how the handicapped dog would then, shortly after she stopped watching because the dog got, was like, getting dragged down the road or something? Yeah, the, oh, the handicapped dog was getting dragged under a car. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God, Which yeah. happened? Oh, you remember Trooper? Oh, shit! Oh, Trooper. <laughs> All right, so I win. Survey says, I win Lauren's Ben! <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't I need to look babe. up, although, I'm sure... Oh, did you, Zach, did you choose Zach Babe? Or babe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I choose Zach the Babe did. movie. 
Okay, well then it's Zach. Although Ben, you chose Armageddon. Like you chose oh, Armageddon. Armageddon's great. All right, whatever. Armageddon's entertaining to watch, even if it's a bad movie. It's a guilty pleasure. Yeah, like you know, a lot. Of I guess. <laughs> I guess it. It did lead to our wonderful episode of Zach just splicing in. He's got space yeah, to say, whenever he. <laughs> I also picked. I also picked Indiana Jones yeah. and the Crystal Skull this year. Yeah, Zach. Zach picked a lot of winners. Maybe I was trying to control you guys this year. Who knows? Um, next week will be our. I've been saying was going to be our last episode of the year, but John reminded us that we created a year-end podcast last year, and we should try to do it again because I liked it a lot. So our last movie review of the year is going to be. Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That's the name of that movie, oh, right? Wait, Lauren chose Armageddon. Did I? Oh, oh yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I... Oh, no, I did. <laughs> I chose... What did I choose? I chose Waterboy, Big Lebowski. Fuck. Oh, what? Zach did the Thin Red Line, too. Man, all your movies <laughs> sucked. <laughs> I liked... I kind of liked one of the movies you picked. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse will be our last review of the year. And then we're going to do a 2018 time capsule episode. The premise for that is we each just pick one thing of any whatever we want. It could be a person, a show, a song, an album, a movie. Can I pick that, a bowel movement? Can they, I pick a meme? No, please don't pick a meme. Uh, Okay, you can pick a meme. No. Yay! <laughs> well, we're He's not going to be able to... pick the Pikachu one. There, time <laughs> oh, capsule no, ruined. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Actually, I have a different one in mind. Trust me, it's a good one. Oh, I trust you that you have plenty of other memes. <laughs> <laughs> um, where we you just pick... like art? <laughs> we pick our one thing that we would save from this year if we only got to pick one thing. So, um, hopefully we get to do that. Um, that will probably be our... An episode buffer before uh, next year, which I believe... Does someone want to pull up while well, that... Yeah, what are we starting I think we're starting with, with Sixth Sense, and then we're going to review Glass. I think is the plan Ooh, right now. Uh, actually, and then Imaginarium of Dr. Parnass- oh. Parnassus. Oh, shit. Okay, that will be a good one. To, a, a movie... Has everybody... Who's seen that movie? Me. I have. Not forever, though. John, have you seen that? I have okay. not. Well, that'll be a good one to talk about. That will probably be our next episode, to be honest, because I believe that holiday catch-up episode, I am still out of the country. Well, we will see. Until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me at Zach Oldenburg, wherever you can find that. And you can find us at middleofrow.com. You can also rate and review us wherever you find this podcast. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear. And you can follow all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at Another Rahul J. And you can also follow us on Twitter for updates on when we post rating content for the website and when we post podcast episodes. And that's at Middle of Row, hashtag no the. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees. And you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Go see Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Thanks for listening. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road.